listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. ministry fire because God is often associated uh, the symbol of God's presence is fire and one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is fire and uh, you know I, t- I tell you what it's it's um, I think that shows the, the the fire itself shows the power of God it shows the ministry of God and the fact that everything fire touches it impacts amen you remember hearing the story of an, an, the volcano in Hawaii well, you know, that lava, I can't remember how many thousands of degrees the lava is, but it is intense heat, two or three to, three to five thousand degrees, maybe even higher than that. But whatever this lava touches, it impacts. In fact, there was a, a spe- just a little portion of lava that actually shot up in the air and landed on this man's leg, and it shattered his leg. Can you imagine that? It completely shattered his leg. Well, in many cases, God's holiness, God's Holy Spirit is like the fire of that lava. It, it impacts everything and anyone it touches. You see, a lot of times, one thing I've discovered in studying the Scripture is that a lot of times we think that God can't take uh, sin because of His holiness because uh, we, that maybe that sin is going to impact God's holiness, but that's not the case. God's holiness is so powerful that it impacts everything that His holiness is exposed to. It either purifies something or it destroys something. So that's why a holy God, with someone who hasn't been atoned uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ, when God's presence comes near, that's why that person lands in hell, because God's judgment, God has to either judge or purify an individual, because God's holiness does something powerful to every person it touches. For those of us, it's like the story of Passover. And there's really the New Testament story can be summarized in the Passover story. You remember that story when, when God's presence was going through Egypt, going to all, to all the firstborn, and those who had the blood on the Lamb's door, they were passed over, they were spared. God had mercy on those individuals. But those who didn't have the, the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost, they face judgment. And you see, God's holiness in many cases does the same thing. Now, understanding that, let's, let's, let's add the Holy Spirit, who is God. 2 Corinthians 3.17 tells us that the Lord is the Spirit. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, and we talk about the personal presence of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about God with us, God abiding in us, and God directing us. Now, having said all of that... The thing I want to really emphasize today is that if we don't have the Holy Spirit, there's not anything we can do. Amen? There's no ministry whatsoever if the Holy Spirit of God's not in it. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, For where the, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, 
There is liberty. There is freedom. God directs and empowers us, showing us the way we go. So with that being said, we want to ask everyone to please stand in honor of the reading and hearing of God's precious holy word. We're in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 22. And we want to take a look at the ministry fire, the role of the Holy Spirit in ministry. And we're seeing that it has it happened in verse 1. While Apollos, remember last week, Apollos is uh, being trained by uh, Priscilla and Aquila, this, this uh, couple, this dynamic duo uh, who is training Apollos in the faith. So Apollos is in Corinth. Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. As he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. So let me just pause for a moment and add this commentary. These individuals were disciples of John. They knew about Jesus... But they didn't know Jesus. And there's a big difference. Amen? There's a big difference in knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus in a personal saving relationship. So Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, which may mean languages, um, and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. And he went into the synagogue, Paul, and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way, Christianity was called the way at this time, before the multitude he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs, these are prayer cloths. And I want to tell you, that's a wonderful ministry. I've seen God do some powerful things through prayer cloths. Anybody else experience that? I know uh, Ricky's church, they they, uh, anoint these prayer cloths and pray over these prayer cloths and give them to people. And it's amazing to see how God works through that ministry. Or aprons were brought from the body to the sick, and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. And some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists who weren't Christians took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Now, this is a dangerous thing. If you're going to deal in spiritual warfare and you don't have the Holy Spirit, because look what happens here. These guys didn't know Jesus, so they're calling on the name of the Lord Jesus to try to exercise these spirits and saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Again, I say it's a different story to know about Jesus and to know Jesus. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirits answered these individuals who didn't have Jesus Christ, who didn't have the Holy Spirit, and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And this gets interesting. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them overpowered these guys doing the exorcism and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to both all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. 
And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also many of, the, many of those who had practiced magic brought their witchcraft books together and burned them all in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. That in modern terms is close to a half a million dollars. They burned up on all these supplies that they had purchased over the years uh, with witchcraft. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. When these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the Spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and what it means to us. We just simply ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear, and apply these truths and be better for it. Of course, in the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I don't suggest doing what this one particular individual did, but it, I don't know if it worked for him or not. But there was this guy who was fishing, and he had caught over the limit of the fish that he was supposed to catch that day. And so the game warden comes up to him and says, Sir... Do you happen to have a fishing license? And he says, well, sir, I don't have it on me. He says, well, you know you're supposed to have a fishing license. He says, what about these fish? He says, oh, these, pet, these fish, these are my pet fish. And I take them every day to the lake and, and, and put them in the lake and let them go swimming. And when I call their name, they come back to me. And the warden says, yeah, right. He says, yeah, it's true. So he says, well, this I've got to see. Let me see you do it. So sure enough, he gets this bucket of fish, and he throws it in the water. And he says, see, now they're going to swim all kind of directions here. And the warden says, yeah, I see. He says, well, call them back. He says, call back what? He says, the fish. He said, what fish? Well, needless to say, he was trying to trick the warden. And some may say the warden may have a difficult time. I don't know. With him seeing that, I don't know how well that would work or not. But nonetheless, I will say this. I'll say this one thing. Uh, it would be hard to uh, pinpoint the fish with the fisherman with the fish not there. But I'd also say this, it is hard for us to do ministry. In fact, it's impossible for us to do ministry if it's not for the involvement of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is critical for everything we do and say. And so that's what we want to look at. We want to look at five ways that the Holy Spirit impacts ministry and impacts ministry in a powerful way. Looking at this passage of Scripture as Paul comes to Ephesus and stays in Ephesus for a while. Now one thing we need to remember about Ephesus is that Ephesus had a lot of witchcraft going on in those days. As you can see with the stories that we've just read, there was a lot of witchcraft. There was a lot of, uh, you may even want to say New Age type stuff, which we see that in our day and time today as well. Uh, there was a lot of this demonic stuff going on. And so it was talking about spiritual warfare. There was a lot of that going on in Ephesus. But we see that the Holy Spirit is greater than any demon of hell. Amen? And I understand that the devil is a, is a, is a worthy opponent. He is, he is very crafty. He is very good at what he does, but he doesn't hold a candle to the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit is in a ministry, if the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding and directing, then there's not anything that the devil can do to you if the Holy Spirit is empowering you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's take a look at five quick things today about how the Spirit's fire impacts ministry. First and foremost, the Spirit's fire impacts ministerial evangelism. 
And, and what this basically is here is we see that the Holy Spirit was necessary to seal a person's salvation. You see, this is the amazing thing about God. God the Father planned salvation. He planned the pathway that you and I could have to salvation. Jesus enacted that salvation by dying on the cross, and the Holy Spirit applies that salvation to your heart and to mine. You see, God planned it, Jesus enacted, enacted it, and the Spirit applies it. Okay, So it takes all three members of the triune Godhead to enact our salvation. And so the Holy Spirit is a critical aspect of that. And I would simply tell you today that I believe that when the Holy Spirit comes knocking, a person has the choice to respond to the Holy Spirit of God or to reject what the Spirit of God is doing in his or her life. Why do I know this? Because I've seen it. I've preached revivals, I've been at revivals where you see this white knuckle syndrome. You know what I'm talking about? Where someone's grabbing that pew so hard that you can see the whites of their knuckles because the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is convicting that individual. But understand, the individuals, these disciples of John had heard about Jesus, but they had not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And because of that, they had not been filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Here's the amazing thing we learn about the Spirit of God is that when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God, the holy presence of God, the same Spirit that came upon prophets and priests and kings, the same Spirit of God that filled the Holy of Holies, that Shekinah glory that the Bible talks about, comes and lives and dwells in your life. You abide in the Spirit, and the Spirit of God abides in you. And I'm telling you, beloved, that is a power that you can't find anywhere else. Amen? The Spirit of God comes and abides with you. But understand that, that, that uh, it's like the old saying, and you've probably heard this. You can lead a mule to water, but you can't make him drink. Anyone ever heard that? And that's pretty true. Amen? The Spirit of God will knock on a person's heart door. Uh, the, it's like you see in Revelation 3.10, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who opens the door unto me, I will come in and sup with him. That's what the Scripture says. Well, in many cases, that's what the Holy Spirit of God does. He overcomes our obstinacy. He overcomes our sin nature. He overcomes all of that and, and shows us the truth of God's Word so that we either respond to the grace of God or we resist and reject the grace of God and may be guilty sooner or later of having what the Bible calls a reprobate mind. Is If we continue to reject the Holy Spirit, our hearts will become, what the Scriptures say, hardened. And I'm telling you, beloved, that's a dangerous place to be. Not only do we see that the Spirit's fire impacts ministerial evangelism, but let me say one more thing about evangelism. And I'm going to say this a little bit further. What matters most in any ministry for people to be saved is the Holy Spirit of God, plus minus nothing. The Holy Spirit of God is what convicts. The Holy Spirit of God is what brings people into salvation. Number two, the Spirit's fire not only impacts ministerial evangelism, it also impacts ministerial empowerment. Now we see in verses 6 and 7, I'm not going to get into the whole issue about speaking in tongues and, and things of that nature. But I, all I want to just simply show is that they did get these spiritual gifts that came upon them when the Holy Spirit came on them. And what that tells me is, you know, I, I donned this title in front of my name, Reverend. So I, I debated whether I like that title or not because I don't always feel so reverent 
This morning I woke up and I wasn't feeling very reverent. I don't feel reverent until I have my cup of coffee or my, or my Mountain Dew in the mornings. After that I feel a little bit more reverent. Usually about 10 o'clock in the morning I feel like a Christian again. You know, it takes me a few hours to get to where I feel like a Christian again. But in the early mornings I don't feel so reverent. But let, let's be honest, I donned that title. But you know the truth of it? Every single one of you here today, you're a minister of God. Did you know that? Because every single one of you in here today, when God the Holy Spirit came upon you, He gave you spiritual gifts. Amen? Did you know that? Did you know that every single one of you who, who have received Christ as your Lord and Savior have gifts? So you can say that I'm gifted. Even Francis can, amen? <laughs> she, can say, she can say, I'm gifted. So she can leave out of here and say, Bob, I told you I was a gifted person. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, we all have these different gifts. But the problem of it is that so many times we, 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 we compete against one another. We're saying, well, I like this gift better than that. You know, it's like kids. I've noticed this. You buy a kid, two kids, a Christmas present, and you buy them the identical toy. The same truck, the same monster truck, it has the same logo on it. It has the same tires. It has the same make and model and everything, but they're different colors. One's red and one's blue. And you know those kids will fight over those trucks. Either they'll like the red one better or they'll like the blue one better. And they'll fight over that. But they're the same truck. Amen? We do the same thing when it comes to spiritual gifts. We say, well, I like this gift better than I do that gift. Let me tell you something. The Spirit of God is the one who gives the gifts. And if He has given you a gift, then you know what you need to do? You need to use it. You need to use it to your maximal ability. It may be that God calls you to preach. It may be God calls you to teach. But it may be that God just simply calls you to help out someone in need. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, preaching, teaching, prophecy, things of this nature, those are uh, more my spiritual gifts. But the gifts of helps, that's not my strong point. So, in other words, I, some, you have to hit me in the, in the head with a brick before I see a need that somebody else has. But my wife compliments me well because that is her strong suit. Of her spiritual gifts, that's her strongest spiritual gift. So she'll say, Brian, did you know this person had a need? And I said, huh, I didn't know that. She said, did you know this other person had something going on? I said, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> you know? So we compliment one another because she has gifts that I don't have. I have gifts that she don't have. And you can ask her, she, she hates teaching. <laughs> she'll tell you. Now, I'll do anything behind the scenes. In fact, we were at a church one time that she, if I hope this is okay to say, but she, she started teaching a class. And before the class was over, I was drafted to do it, you know, and, and, that was, that's fine. What I'm simply trying to say is that we all have different gifts and abilities and you need to find out what God's gift to you is and use it to your maximal ability. And if you're called to be a helper, you're called... It's like what the ministry teams are doing up in Gary, West Virginia. That's fantastic. I didn't know this need. And like I said, if it had been up to me, you could have thrown a brick and hit it in my head and I still wouldn't have seen it. But those who are gifted in that ability are able to see these needs and get things going in that direction and praise God for that. I have more I need to say on that, but I'm just going to move on. Uh, number three, the Spirit's fire not only impacts ministerial empowerment, but also impacts ministerial expounding. And here we see in verses 8 through 10 that Paul boldly, preached the Word of God in synagogues. He boldly preached the Word of God in the school of Tyrannus. He boldly preached the Word of God wherever he went. 
I like what Ashley said. Did we confer together when before this? Sir? She, exactly what she said is what I want to say here. And actually, I'm just going to defer to what she said because she said it better than I could say it. We are proud to be Americans and praise God for that. But we need to be even more proud to be Christians. Amen? Because this nation exists, but one day this nation, I don't know when it is, I hope it will be several years from now, but one day this nation will die. But the kingdom of God will live forever. Amen? Now whether that comes when Jesus returns or whether it becomes prior to that, I do not. But this nation won't live forever, but God's kingdom will. And we are citizens of that heavenly kingdom and praise God for that. So what I simply want to say to here is we need to preach the word of God. Now don't get me wrong. I believe that I, you know, when we teach and we preach, we need to do it the best of our abilities. And I understand that the mind cannot absorb what the backside, backside cannot endure. And I understand that fully. But understand this. A lot of times we put so much focus and emphasis on preaching styles that we really miss the more important aspect. And that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You see preachers sometimes, they'll do these tactics, they'll have their glasses which I have contacts, I also have glasses. I thought about doing this some Sunday, wearing my glasses. They take the glasses off and then they'll chew on the tip of the you know, glasses and they'll put it back on. That looks really cool when they do that, you know. But, but anyhow, they do all these different little tactics. And I heard tell this one preacher who was running back and forth and shouting and going up and down the aisles. I'm not coordinated enough to do that. You'd probably be rushing me off to the emergency room if I tried that. Uh, that's not my preaching style. But you know, one of the most powerful preachers in the past several centuries was a guy by the name of Jonathan Edwards. You ever heard of him? Jonathan Edwards. He was a very soft-spoken man. And he was very monotone in his delivery. He used this same phrase, theology, every bit of his message. And he actually took his message and read every word from the paper exactly as I am telling you right now. Now you may say, oh my goodness... How could anyone endure that? And plus, the fact that his, his messages usually went over an hour in duration. But do you know that he preached a message called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God? The Holy Spirit got a hold of that message. And people in the pews said that those who were lost in the pews, uh, lost to the church, said the, they felt like the fires of hell were burning their feet and they couldn't wait till the message was over till they could come down and give their heart and life to Christ. You see, the most important thing is not in our delivery. The most important thing is in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Holy Spirit abiding in you, I'm telling you, we don't need to be afraid of telling other people about Jesus. Amen? Come on, Amen? Again, there's more I need to say about this. I will just say this one thing, and I do want to say this, this other thing about concerning this. We don't need to ever neglect the, empower, the power of preaching. A lot of churches, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm all for small groups, I'm all for things like this. But we cannot neglect the power of preaching and teaching the Word of God. Paul says in the book of Romans that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on Him whom they have not believed? And how can they believe on Him without hearing about Him? And how, they can, how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And beloved, we must be telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ and be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. Number four, the Spirit's fire also impacts ministerial engagement. In verses 11 through 20, we see the spiritual warfare that was taking place in Ephesus. 
And I want to tell you that we see increasing spiritual warfare taking place in our society. Amen? The devil is out to get our youth. The devil is out to get our, our individuals, period. Suicide rates are increasing in, in a rapid fashion, especially among our young people, which really frightens me for, for our youth today. We are seeing school shootings increase. We are seeing all of these things taking place, and, and we wonder what the solution is. What's the solution? But the solution is the same as it's always been. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Until we see a change and transformation of an individual's hearts, that's, that's what's going to make the difference. And, and the only way we can fight this fight is to understand that we're not fighting against uh, people of other religions. We're not fighting against atheists. We're not fighting against individuals who are unbelievers. We're fighting against powers and principalities of darkness. We're fighting against the devil himself. And the only way we can win this battle is through the Holy Spirit. Because we can't fight the devil on our own. The only way we can fight the devil off is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you this. I was going through a struggle in my life one time. And I, I was agonizing over a situation that was taking place. And I prayed, Lord, just give me peace. Holy Spirit, just come upon me and help me. And I want to tell you that night as I was lying in bed, the Spirit of God came down upon me and I have had... I had the most wonderful peace that I have ever experienced in my life. And I thought to myself, boy, if that is a taste of heaven, I can't even imagine what heaven's going to be like. If that's just a foretaste of what we're going to, the peace that we're going to experience in heaven, boy, heaven's going to be a wonderful place. We cannot fight this battle alone. We must fight it through the Holy Spirit. And last but certainly not least, we see the Spirit's fire impacts ministerial expedition. Basically, the Holy Spirit guides us in the way we should go, and we must listen to the Holy Spirit. I was talking with some other uh, classmates of mine this, when I last went up to Lynchburg, and I told them, you know, I really debated on even applying to the program. And I said, you know, I got about halfway through. I started the application process, and I got halfway through it, and I thought, I don't know if I need to do this or not. So I didn't, I didn't finish it. Liberty University called me and said, uh, we see that you started this process, would you like to finish it? And I said, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, I need to pray over it. They said, well, this may take you three or four times. A lot of times it takes people three or four times to get in the program. Why don't you go ahead and apply and see what happens and leave it in the Lord's hands? I said, well, okay, I'll do that. So I go through all the, did uh, this paper, you had to turn in a 30-page paper. Turned in, I had a 20-page paper, increased it to 30 pages. So I said, okay, Lord, I'll give it to you. I got the references, sent it in. I said, okay, Lord, I'll give it to you. I went up to Appalachian State University to take the uh, Miller's Analogy Test. And I come out of there and says, Lord, I'm going to do this one time. <laughs> After taking that test, I'm going to do this one time. If it's meant to be, let it happen. If it's not, I'm going to go in a different direction. You know what I did? A few weeks afterwards, I called up to see what the status was, and they said, well, congratulations, you've been accepted into the program. I said, I have been. <laughs> they said, yeah, you have. The only thing I'm trying to say is I never thought I would get into this, but the God kept impressing upon my heart to at least try it, and before I knew it, I was in the program. Now, I may not make it through the program, but at least I got in the program. And talking to other individuals, they had a similar experience to that. All I'm simply trying to say 
is no matter what it is in life, whether it's doing something like that, or whether it's witnessing to a neighbor, or whatever the case may be, follow the Holy Spirit, and as long as you do that, you're going to be in the will of the Lord, and you're going to see great fruit. Amen? It may not be immediately, but you will eventually see fruit. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in all that you say and all that you do. She's not here today that I know I don't see her. But I was talking with Tasha, uh, and she was telling me about her fiancé, that he's in the Army, and uh, how he uh, shoots these long-range missiles. And I thought, oh, man, that's cool. Can he let me shoot one? I mean, that's what I was thinking. I thought, man, that'd be cool to try. Now, especially with Wanda, as good as a mark she is, that she would do really well with that. <laughs> I'm telling you, she and Pan, they both impressed me yesterday. They really did. But, I mean, dead on target right there. But uh, I got to thinking about that. You know, what a powerful thing that would be. To, you know, if you're going into combat, you would want a rocket launcher, wouldn't you? You would want something like that. What if you had the, what if you had the choice between a rocket launcher and a Swiss Army knife? What would you choose? <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you're going to combat and you have to choose between a rocket launcher and a Swiss Army knife, what would you choose? I mean, what would you do? Poke someone with the fingernail clippers on there? Or, you know, they've got that little corkscrew, maybe poke at someone with that, you know? You would want to choose the thing that's going to have the most impact. Well, all I'm simply trying to say is this. The only way that we can have an impact in ministry is not by clever words. It's not by programs. It's by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And there is a warning that comes with this. That if we don't respond to the Holy Spirit and we don't allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, it is quite possible that Christ will remove the candlestick and place it somewhere else. In fact, Dr. Purser in his last class noted something I had, never, I had never thought about. He said, if you look in the books of Revelation, in the book of Revelation, at the seven churches in Revelation, Christ gives them the warning that it remain to your first love or I will remove your candlestick from where it is and place it somewhere else. He says, if you go in Turkey today, None of those seven churches are in existence today. Which tells us that their candlesticks have been moved to somewhere else. Which there's a warning to us all. That we need to make sure that we're following the Holy Spirit. So that we will continue to be blessed in our ministry. And that we will continue to move forward in the power of Christ. And all that He does and all that He wants us to do. And as long as we stay faithful to the Holy Spirit. As long as we stay faithful to Christ. God is going to bless our ministry. God is going to bless what we do and what we say. And He's going to guide us and to see some great things done in the name of Jesus Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to come. Maybe you're like the disciples of John the Baptist. Uh, disciples of John the Baptist. And maybe you know about Jesus. Uh, maybe you know about Jesus, but maybe you don't know Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to come down and receive Him before it's eternally too late. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've lost track in your life and maybe you want to rededicate your life to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to the ministry of Christ. Maybe you want, maybe you want to come, come down and rededicate your life today. We encourage you to do that. Or maybe you'd like to come and join the ministry of this church. Whatever God is saying and doing in your life, we encourage you to come and respond according to the will of the Holy Spirit. The kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit and the personal empowerment that we find in and through His presence. 
We just simply ask, Lord, that you would uh, empower all of us during this time of invitation. If there's anyone here today that doesn't know you, we ask, Lord, that you would move them to salvation, that you would lead them and guide them in the path of salvation, Lord, that you would bring them to that saving relationship. Maybe there's someone here today that's struggling with some, some issue they're, uh, they're going through in life. Lord, we just want to ask, Lord, that you grant them peace, whatever that situation may be. Lord, we just ask that you have your will of your way this time of invitation. Yes, all these things. expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of bellatorchristi.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi podcast is a production of bellatorchristi.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Kayla Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit bellatorchristi.com and subscribe so that you can receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox for free. Catch us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you the next time as we enter into the arena of ideas. Crucified.